Welcome to the Fuck Yes Podcast, a space where we dive into spirituality, self-development, and all the ways that help you level up and create the life of your dreams. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Fuck Yes Podcast. Today is uh, going to be a very special episode because it's my first not solo one. Today I have invited my boyfriend David. He came from far, so please appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah, so you have given me many questions um, that you wanted us to answer together about relationship, about love, about life, and just to get to know us and how we're dealing with life together as a couple. And yeah, we're gonna dive into the first questions and the first questions are more on the general stuff you were very curious about David <laughs> and yeah it's um, I'm gonna ask you the questions mm-hmm. and you're just going to answer whatever comes to your mind okay <laughs> um, yeah so the first question is David where are you originally from and so the technical answer will be uh, Bechemesh, which is a small city next to Jerusalem, where I grew up in. Um, the more spiritual answer is, like, where do you come from? Like, you know, where is the place you grew? So this answer will be probably Kiryat Shmona, which is a city in the north of Israel, where I did a year of volunteering, and... I think there was the first place where I actually realized uh, really who I am or what are my powers, my qualities and all this. So, uh, yeah, this is most of the places where I'm from. Cool. Um, I'm really excited for this episode because um, I think I'm also going to learn a lot of new things about him this time. <laughs> um, but, but this I knew. <laughs> Thank goodness. We will see in the end. Yeah. So, how old are you? Uh, 25. Here, no two big philosophies. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you two meet? Mm. How did us two meet? We don't have to talk in third person, too. What? What? Um, how did we meet? I went to Germany to a year of working with Jewish communities all over uh, Hessen, which is a part of Germany, a land in Germany. And in one of the communities that I was um, taking part and helping with uh, the kids and the um, youth group. And yeah, there I uh, met her. Yeah, that was um, a pivotal moment in both of our lives, because when he came to Germany, He expected um, to go to do the work, have fun, come back. And what happened was... <laughs> I went, I did the work, I had fun, and I came back with Nata. <laughs> yeah, so it was uh, definitely worth it um, for, for me and for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just saying that in the first year I gave to Benakiva, uh, this is the name of the organization that sent me. This one in Kirach Monazar, I got my friends. And in the second year I gave from my life, I got my, uh, I got Nata, my partner. So it's uh, worth it, even though it costed two years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, the next question is, um, what do you do for a living? Uh, complicated. I in the what I want to do is uh, I want to to be a tour guide in Israel, and this is what I'm studying now. Um, I'm already a tour guide, like for people that are only in Israel in the education system and schools and students stuff like this but now I'm doing also the course which is pretty long course for tourists and then uh, I will be a tour guide hopefully after corona ends and meanwhile I also uh, work I isolate houses by rappelling meaning I rappel on the outside of the house and hanging uh, out And ropes. <laughs> yeah, and ropes from the roof. And there I work with my hands and I isolate the house from rain coming inside and stuff like this, which is also a job I really, really like and think is really, really interesting. Yeah, so as you might know, I'm a big fan of fun facts. And I couldn't have found a better man <laughs> to be with. <laughs> who's uh, slowly growing f uh, to be the king of fun facts. And <laughs> whenever we travel somewhere, um, I get to hear the coolest stories. I like to more to call it knowledge, but uh, fun facts is fine. Yeah, knowledge <laughs> is great. Knowledge is great. But the way you bring it is This always... This is fun facts, yeah. Is always very, very fun. In a fun fact way. In a fun fact way. Yeah, so the last question about the general stuff before we dive into love, relationships, fights, you know, the juicier topics, is how long have you been together? And I'll answer that. <laughs> Because, I mean, we agree on that. We've been together for a bit over a year, like a year. Two, two years. Two years. Sorry, a bit over two years. Maybe I should answer this. We are together <laughs> a bit over two years, not one year. Yeah. Um, Even though a long time was a, a long distance, so maybe not right. that doesn't count it as a part but uh, no I do count it I definitely count it as being part because <laughs> I think it's even worse double actually but uh, yes exactly that's what I just wanted to say it's worth more when you survived long distance um yeah so let's do it so the next uh, chapter of the interview is about love and relationships and the first question that one of you asked was what are the three most important things that make a good relationship or that make a relationship work and we thought about it real quickly and we didn't like talk too much about it so now we're gonna have a little conversation um yeah so the first two things that popped up obviously were honesty and trust um and i like how david said that it's um two sides of the same coin Um, and, and then we started like a conversation, which I would love to continue now, where I said that devotion to the relationship is also important. And David disagreed because... No, I, like, didn't, I didn't disagree. Right. We had to decide about three most important things. So we agreed right. about honesty slash trust, uh, attraction. And I said third most important thing is fun. And I said... Devotion. So first we looked up in the dictionary what devotion means because I didn't know it. <laughs> after we understood what it means, uh, so I said, no, I still think uh, fun is more important because in my opinion, devotion is uh, a part of trust. Basically, you can say now the next argument about everything, but 
I think it's a bit more about devotions and, and, and fun that I, I could have not built a trust if I wouldn't know that you're devoted to me. This is how we say it, devoted yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, but uh, fun, it's like it's not special. Not uh, I think it's something that has to be said uh, uh, more. And in the, in the it's, it isn't a immediate thing that we think about uh, when we say trust. And I think devotion is right. more integral part of uh, trust. And I really like this because I somehow look at devotion as a separate uh, thing, like, you know, being devoted in the relationship, choosing uh, to show up every day, you know, as uh, the best self and to keep, you know, improving yourself to to make the relationship work. But when he said it, um, you know, I wouldn't have been able to build the trust without the devotion. It was for me like, oh, yeah, that's so true. And fun is so important in a relationship and attraction like listen if you suffer in a relationship yeah. it's not good <laughs> yes yes it's as simple as that <laughs> definitely like you definitely have to have a lot of fun and but but it's complicated because there can be moments of suffering yeah of not having fun doesn't mean that the whole relationship is not fun yeah it's a tricky thing but in general if the association you have with your, your relationship or any relationship is not fun <laughs> so check it out yeah if you think about your relationship and you feel like this contraction and you're like uh not sure you have to really like think about the why are you not sure like what is keeping you like is it something serious or can it be actually simply fixed you know through open communication for example um, anyway, I think the point of attraction is also incredibly important. For some people, it is um, less important, yeah, because the whole topic of sexuality is uh, very wide, and there are people who don't experience any sexual attraction um, at all, and it doesn't mean that they don't have good relationships. It's just someone, you know, asexual people, for example. Um, but in you asked us, and in our opinion attraction plays a huge role um, in like the harmony, balance, fun and um, connection. Yeah, so I think this is a good, very good question. And we have the three things. Mm -hmm. Honesty, trust as one, attraction and fun as the three important um, things to make a relationship work and to make a relationship good. Um, okay, next question. How do you handle different love languages? Ooh. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good question because, um, first of all, I would love to clarify what love languages are. Um, the five love languages became popular when Gary Chapman wrote the book about the five love languages. And it's basically the five ways to express and experience love. And um, he said that learning your partner's and your own primary love language will really help uh, to create a stronger bond in your relationship. And the five languages are words of affirmation. So, you know, telling your partner that you appreciate him, that you love him, and, you know, talking good about your partner in front of other people, you know, things like that. Uh, quality time, where you share undivided attention, where you spend time together, have fun together. Um, also receiving gifts is also a part. Acts of service, 
which is, you know, making the life of your partner easier by taking over, uh, I don't know, chores or, um, you know, offering help and so on and physical touch. So um, the, back to the question, how do you handle different love languages? And um, this is a good one because, in fact, this has been a huge topic or is also a big topic in our relationship because as it happens, we like um, we do have the major uh, love language, which is physical touch, with which both of us have, and we're lucky to have that. But then there are secondary love languages, which are very dominant as well. For me, it is, for example, words of affirmation, and for David, it's acts of service. And to explain it a little bit more, when I hear words of affirmation, for me, it really like creates little explosions inside of my chest of feeling loved and appreciated. And this is just because I grew up in an environment where I used to hear that a lot from my mom, from my brother, you know. And so that really creates, um, you know, these feelings of warmth inside of me. And for him... <laughs> what was that? It's the sound of, uh, you know, the these animals. That uh, oh, never mind. It said it doesn't do anything. Oh right. Ah right right crickets. Uh, for crickets, him right yeah. it's crickets. If I because this is the love language that I learned words of affirmation when I tell him like how much I love him and how great he is and stuff like that. Um, for him it doesn't do much. It keeps him like leaves him cold mostly. Um, but but when Nata makes lunch woo. <laughs> oh my god then I'm falling down for my legs we say in Hebrew I don't know if we say it in English no uh, no this really does it to me because then I feel uh, loved um, I have to say that I uh, I have a problem with this uh, theory I don't like putting people in such boxes. Right. Um, but also Freud did it, and even though not all of us uh, feel it that we want to kill our father and marry our mother, there is maybe something uh, true uh, in the base of the theory, so I will go with it. <coughs> um, and also here I think it's most important to hold the rope from both both its ends yeah from one side to understand that this is is not our that i my uh, i'll talk about myself my way of of showing love is uh not by giving words of affirmation doesn't mean i don't say these words of affirmation but when i say them they're very dramatic and they mean a lot for me and when they're said they're much more meaningful like this in my opinion um, and and how I also grew up, so uh, acts of service were uh, a much more common way that I saw love uh, being uh, being shown. Uh, so it is natural that this would be the way I I would be more uh, trained, let's say, to receive love. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think it's important to first as the one that talks in this language uh, to to, sh uh, to know to show the language your partner expects to see but from the other hand this is the other side of the rope to uh, 
to know to, how to read the things your partner is doing because this is the language exactly. he speaks. Yes. This is um, like, it's really important to get also in the head of the other partner because, you know, I can not expect him to feel how I feel, you know, but it's a natural way for us people to assume the way I think that's how the other person thinks too. Like um, his brain, because we're all people, must work in the same way. But um, this, these assumptions are like creating a lot of unnecessary tension and, and I don't know, conflicts maybe. And so it is really a process of staying aware in the relationship and to, um, to see, you know, to understand that he needs, for example, a different way for me to show love and maybe it doesn't come natural to me, but um, I will do my best because I want him to feel the best in our, um, you know, in our partnership. And the same for him. And because we're so used to our own like way of showing love, we have to be aware to get out of the habit of showing love the way we're used to. Because we have to remind ourselves if the other partner has a different love language, that he won't feel as loved as we want him to feel. So the awareness is key. Uh, it's always key, but especially uh, in relationships. Because it would be such a shame if you like, like are in a relationship where you have different love languages, you're not aware of it, and there's so much frustration and your mind is always trying to um, explain it or to find reasons for frustration. And it can be as simple as not feeling loved enough because you don't share your love language. So yeah, that's our take on different love languages and what to do about it. And... Yeah, I really recommend you to take the test. I think there is an official love language test on Gary Chapman's website. I don't. Oh, <laughs> no, it's cool because some people, you know, it's hard to say which one is your primary one. Yeah, I know, but I don't like these boxes. Right, uh, right, correct. Um, <laughs> but um, as you also said, sometimes it's good to have an idea. Yeah, and just I don't, am don't don't do the test and be like oh the other things are not my exactly. language yeah because yeah. we all like to get gifts and we all like words of affirmation and they're all languages of us all so right. maybe some other parts are stronger or weaker but uh, all of them are languages we all can talk and the, this or other level nothing is 100% precise nothing is 100% fixed and things change and evolve and you change and evolve and that's why like I'm also not a big fan of boxes and you know me and if you know my like uh, illustrations I am talking about it so much that you should get out of the box and think outside the box and um, yeah I'm happy that you share this but I also I'm also a really big fan of uh, concepts which help me understand other people and oftentimes they are just um, based on boxes because this is how, uh, this, these are the regulations of, of uh, society to make something legit, I guess, to put it in a box. Um, yeah, the next question, oh, when did you feel that he or she was the one? Um, I'll tell you. So for me, I, I never really experienced the feeling that he is the one 
And also I'm having like a hard time. When I was young, I really felt like there is the one person for you out there. Like there is a soulmate somewhere. And I know that many, many people believe in like soulmates and say like there's only, um, you know, one other soul that is perfect for you. And um, I know, I think the universe or God or whatever would be too dramatic to create only one person for you. Um, yeah, I think everyone has the potential theoretically to be the one for you like if there is a basic um like if there are basic things that fit you know that attraction fun i don't know things in common similar beliefs in life you know and if you really feel comfortable with a person this person has the potential to be the one um but to answer the question i from the beginning of the relationship i did feel that it was different for me. So when we started dating, for me, I felt a lot of new things. I felt a lot of more feelings and, and a lot more passion and a lot more interest and excitement and aliveness um, than I have ever felt in any other relationship. And for me, it was a big sign of a hell yes, that this, is, this has so much potential, this can grow into... Um, something really big and beautiful and in my head I always wanted to do everything right from the beginning and to keep it like as pure as possible to to have like to be able to to I guess take the whole potential uh, in its wholeness and bring it to the highest level yeah and I guess we just I kept going because it just felt so right but I never um, it doesn't mean that we didn't have hard times. Yeah, we had hard times. We had our challenges. We had a fair, like, um, a fair share of challenges, as they say, especially in the beginning. And um, even though we had these challenges, it still felt like it's the right, um, the right thing to to be together and to keep going. And I'm really happy about it. And another thing I want to say is that I listened to a podcast once and it's like this, uh, I forgot his name. He's like a genius in relationships, really funny guy. And he said, like, he's hearing how the reasons, so many reasons why people break up. And he's like always laughing about it. Like, this is the reason you break up. And he said, like, the biggest relationship advice I can give, keep not breaking up. <laughs> like keep not breaking up like come on um there there are good reasons to break up of course but so many reasons are just not good enough to end a relationship um yeah so when did you feel that I was the one David <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm also pretty much with you in this that uh, there is no feeling of uh, the one um it's uh, the f it's not a feeling I think it's a, a conscious uh decision you take that you say this person is a person I want to live with and be with and uh, it, it's it's no boom and that's not a said it's no it's it can be more than one person so how do we uh, live in this how we decide in this world that there are so many so many people we <laughs> we just decide yeah and the, what we make the relationship be, this is what it will be. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, no uh, one feeling for me. Why unfortunately? Not unfortunately, it was... Uh, 
I think it's very fortunately. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I didn't. I, I don't think I would want to to feel that this is the one. I think it's too insecure. Yeah, exactly. This is also what I think because, as you said, like you, what you do, this is how the relationship's gonna be. Like you make the relationship, and not like something outside of the relationship um, says that this is going to be successful. And yeah, I mean. It is for me. It still feels special, and as you will s soon find out, there is. Um, I know we have some things in common, but we also have some things not in common. And one of the things is, uh, for example, the spiritual aspect. And for me, I, I value like my intuition very much, and I have like a whole story with following my intuition and not following my intuition and the consequences of that. And sometimes it goes against uh, rational reasons. Um, sometimes things look terrible and not logical and, and it's so bad, but my feeling says stay or like go, you know. And with him, it was, or with you, David, it was like whenever we had um, really hard times, like really where I, I felt like really close to to like giving up or something like that I always had this voice inside my head or inside my heart or this belly feeling that that you know you're not going anywhere <laughs> like it just feels right to be with him and to go through these lows with him and no one else because of what kind of person you are and yeah this is also a thing that I felt strongly from the beginning, this intuition that this is the right thing for me, the right relationship, the right person. Um, yeah, so the next question, uh, which we touched upon already in the beginning, <laughs> was, um, did you ever experience long distance and how can you think it can work out? <laughs> so yes, we experienced long distance, I think like what, four months of long distance? No more. Year? more we we had like last year um, last year i left in march came back in july or something june and then before when you traveled and yeah we had a pretty we long had, time we had some uh, long distance and especially was not uh, moving a country and stuff like this it, it's complicated it just is a complicated thing so uh, we were in uh, long distance for a long time and how can it work out so I think uh, it relates to the last question that if you decide that your partner is your partner and uh, and this is the one you want to to be with and this is the one you uh, you build with your relationship so also uh, long distance can work out uh, in our case it was her talking a lot on the phone like an hour every day um, which is a pretty big commitment if you're half a year in long distance and everyone is doing other things and yeah. the times are not the same times and yeah it, it becomes complicated and you have to see how much you um, how much you you can make it and uh, but I think in the second you have something that is uh, stable that you you do again and again a routine or something of your that is in a part of your relationship so it makes uh, things easier and 
at least gives them a, a structure or something yeah. like this, which mm. is uh, maybe the most important in the long distance. Yeah, I remember um, in the beginning, I remember it so good. <laughs> like one of the first letters ever I received from you, there was a sentence that where you said that... Um, yeah, we had like, uh, before you left the first time, I don't remember where, but we had like this beautiful time together and we built so much and created, but like one of the most important things is that we have developed a routine and this structure in the relationship. And I believe that it's, uh, it's just like a really good foundation. Routine can sound boring and like adventure and excitement is always great, but to have adventure and excitement in a place where you have already structure and routine just makes everything, um, I don't know, makes everything feel better because, you know, now we had, let's say again, like almost a month where I've been away in Germany and it was a lot easier to deal with it because, you know, we're going to talk on the phone. That this is our thing that we talk one hour in the evening. Um, we know that we're both going to show up. We know like it's not, not a question that's, um, you know, there's going to be discussions about that, for example. It just takes a lot of thinking out of things. It takes a lot of, um, I don't know, discussions away and it makes life easier. Um, so especially if you're doing long distance for whatever reason, to, to develop a routine and something you can come back to over and over um, is really important. And also, um, doesn't matter how hard it is to hold space for the other partner's feelings and individual circumstances. So if it's not going to work out at one evening or two evenings in a row, you're not going to be able to talk or something, or your partner won't be able to talk, that you have to like have compassion and understanding that life is life, but that you have your status quo that you stick to. And like being emotionally available to your partner is really important because what, what do you have if you have no, no touching, no seeing each other, no nothing? The only thing you have is connecting through emotion. And yeah, for me, it was a big, a big deal. Um, have anything to add to long distance? No. Okay. Um, okay, so what is something that you both have in common? And the person meant hobbies in this case. I think our biggest hobby is hiking, all kinds of hiking. Outdoor activities. Outdoor activities, yeah. Mm. Climbing, rappelling, walking, um, <laughs> which is pretty much fun. It's a, a lot, lot of, of fun. fun. A lot, a lot of fun. Um, From hobbies? I don't know. I wouldn't think about any other hobby we have in common. I mean, it's pretty much to have in common hobby-wise. Like, a lot of couples don't have any hobbies in common. Um, I think it's great to share something together. We both like to cook and to have friends over, which is also oh. um, a really nice hobby. <laughs> no? I, um, yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. I don't know if you can call it a hobby. I but think it's definitely a hobby. Having friends over? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, to, to, to cook with them and to, I think we, we cook a lot with friends and together, so. That's true. Yeah, it's fun. It's yeah, meeting people around food, yeah. it's definitely a hobby. Yeah, yeah, I would say that too. No, it's just, I think we're both, we, we both do like it to. We do for fun. We do it for fun, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a hobby uh, we share. 
<laughs> um, so yeah, all outdoor stuff. And especially uh, for me, what is exciting. So I've been into climbing also before our relationship. Um, started with my brother, I don't know what, um, 2021. So eight years ago. Um, 2021? It's 2021. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Um, and yeah, I guess maybe I should buy a new helmet by now pretty old um so yeah i started climbing before and that was also one of the things that connected us i was really happy to have a climbing partner again when he showed up in germany and then recently he uh david did a course uh, to be a a guide for rappelling and that is something new to me we started doing it recently and i'm learning more about it And this is so much fun. I just love going out in nature and being so like close to the rocks and having like adrenaline, <laughs> even though I wish I would have more adrenaline because I'm not <laughs> so scared of heights and stuff like that. But yeah, it's great to experience new things also in a relationship. And I think we both like to experience new things together. Definitely. Um, Yeah, what ideas do you not share? <laughs> um, like any spiritual ideas, maybe? Um, Our spiritual ways are really different. I'm yeah. much more structured. And I, I feel spiritual when I understand something really complicated. Um, yeah, pretty much this. And that is more... Uh, windy <laughs> more in the sky more in the sky yes more about feeling things and uh, experiencing things physically in my body in my in my feelings in my i don't know um spiritual senses i don't know how to express it for me um i value like the spiritual connection to something higher than myself very much and She can hear a song and be in a spiritual mood and I will be like, nice music. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, um, yeah, I really, for me, it is a part of like, uh, just of my being. I don't know, for me, it's like breathing. And what I really appreciate, for example, about David is that even though this is something we don't have in common, he lets me be the way I am and he doesn't make a big deal out of it that we are different in this way and it could be you know we could make a big deal out of it and it could be a real like uncomfortable thing because for me spirituality means a lot um it means a lot to me and it is a big part of my life and all kinds of practices and i don't know what and i mean you know if i say spiritual practice it rings a bell for you right so all the things you can imagine probably i'm doing it and <laughs> um Yeah, and for David, it's it's like, I don't know, nonsense, or uh, maybe just don't connect to it at all. I don't connect to it, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't think I will call it nonsense. Okay, that's nice. <laughs> I, it's not my way. Yeah, and he never, ever tells me anything, and... He never criticizes it or it just lets me be his philosophy or not philosophy is that um, 
she should do whatever makes you ha her happy, as long as it doesn't affect me. <laughs> kind and of. Then we can talk about it. <laughs> if it affects me. Yeah, and if it affects him, right. Then we communicate. But uh, yeah, it's a very mm -hmm. kind of um, live and let live kind of situation with um, the spiritual difference. Um, what other things are opposite or what else do we not share? Something on your mind? Spirituality is like the big one. Nothing? No. Nothing that comes to mind at least. Yeah, I'm sure we are like... There are always like little things that um, you could think of. I don't know, but nothing, nothing dramatic, nothing big, nothing that would have an effect on our relationship. Mm -hmm. um, what qualities do you have in common, David? The stage is yours. <laughs> oh, I think the most basic quality, I call it being a mensch. A okay. mensch. I have to interrupt for a second. The moment David becomes passionate about something, he goes completely into his Israeli Hebrew accent. So uh, <laughs> this is uh, one of the moments. Mensch in Yiddish <laughs> is uh, uh, a person. Yeah, be, being a person is something important. Yeah, you know, uh, you can go to the toilet, you leave it clean. You eat something, you wash your dishes. All these kinds of behavior, it's called to be a mensch. And I think Nata is a real mensch. And... <laughs> I hope I am too, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're the biggest. <laughs> and I think like, before anything can start, you have to be a mensch. So I think we're both pretty good in being menches. Yeah. Like uh, to be like a proper human, a proper person, to keep your eyes open, to do what's right. Um, it's funny because for many people it's not obvious, but... You know, all the usual things people do. Don't uh, cut with a car in the street if you're not allowed. <laughs> Don't throw your garbage on in the, in the ground. Don't uh, um, touch woman, woman against her will. You know, the usual stuff. <laughs> but apparently it's not obvious for many people. So yeah. I'm not talking about being uh, dealing all the day with uh, morals and... Uh, no. Stuff wrong. like this, just the basic. Yeah, just uh, I don't know. It's not even dealing. It's uh, it's in the nature, I think, of us to just I don't know, be proper. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So being a mensch is something that we have in common. Also, something that we have in common is, as uh, in Hebrew, it's called rosh gadol. Mm, big head so, yeah translation is big to have a big head David please explain us what does it mean what is a big head um, you come home evening after a day and you see uh, you see dishes in the in the sink dishes of nata so if I would be or Anyone would be just a man, she would say, okay, it's not a stuff, she has to clean it because she's also a man. But uh, if you're a big head, so you... Actually, it's not such a good uh, example, but if you're a big head, you will uh, also clean it. Or 
if you're a big head, you don't need to wait. I think this is the best, uh, the best uh, definition. You don't have to wait to someone to tell you to do something. You understand yeah. it by yourself and you do it. Yeah, yeah. Taking initiative, taking initiative in uh, in life. You know, to not wait, as he said, to to do something, to start something. Lunch Let's need to be made. Uh, I can do it. You can do it. Uh, someone has to be big head and do it before the other one asks him. Yeah, or like the dishes example. You're washing the dishes. You look around. What else needs to be cleaned? You know, uh, kind of like that. So, uh, why is this important that we mention it? Because uh, we both know people who don't have big heads and who needs a lot of you know. Um, attention or like it's it's not a big deal Be you know told what to do exactly and uh, both of us we don't love it so much to say other people what to do and to for me for example I feel like it makes them maybe feel uncomfortable or you know I, I don't like to bring people in uncomfortable situation where it's not needed and so for me also I think this is one of the reasons why I guess I'm choosing to be a big head most of the time. Yeah, and sometimes it's also nice to relieve another person of thinking about stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, we're done with the love and relationship parts. We're getting to the fights section, which is also love and relationship, but a bit more. We're already after the half, so... Uh, we're in the end. Yeah. You can be cheered up. Yeah. It's ending. Yeah, but the, the ending questions are very good, so I'd stick until the end. Because oh. it's directly questions that you have asked David. I would go make coffee or something. <laughs> um, okay, so how do you deal with fights? What is our fight strategy, David? What would you say? I think my fight strategy is to just tell the truth. I discovered that it's the best. Well, that's part of being even a man. Even if it's hard, if, even if it's yeah. hard, mostly your part. I don't know if your partner, every couple is different, but uh, not at least your uh, your other hears the truth. Even if it's hard, then uh, going around. So yeah, I saw that. Uh, I don't know. And a person place that you see that that you are wrong first. First, say sing, say you're wrong and apologize or explain why you're wrong and what you can do better but if you see that you're right so just tell your partner i'm right <laughs> at least i think i'm right and this is why i think you're wrong and until now uh, in the places i told you at least or i think you are wrong and this and it was reasonable you accepted it maybe not immediately but yeah. an hour after a day after and it made me feel actually very understood and yeah so i would call it also like open communication because like not to let also like one of the biggest things is not to let anything too long inside and to communicate it as fast as possible because it can just take proportions of its own and something can get a life of its own and then it can just explode and to deal with explosions is a lot harder than to deal with the immediate truth in the moment when it's happening, for example. And what you said about saying, telling the truth, I think this is like one of these things in life that is simple and hard because 
yeah, like it's simple. Something happens and you tell the truth how you feel about it. But it's hard because you're worried about the feelings of the other person. You want to hurt the other person. Um, but this is a simple thing that you can do to tell the truth of how you feel, of what you think. Um, and avoid so much drama in the future. Like, you know, sometimes he tells me things and they're hard to hear. And, but they make me think. They make me think. This is why I feel personally one of the biggest reasons why I grew as a person so much in this relationship. Because he was, he was able to tell me things from his perspective about me that are hard to hear. And my quality, I'm able to listen and to take it um, even though it's hard not always immediately like I also have my ego to go through and I also sometimes sometimes I'm like um, I don't know overprotective because I feel like my identity is being threatened you know when I feel like I have to change it's really hard to accept it um, not always but sometimes my ego is like no it can't be true it's not true and then I'm, I'm taking a shower and I'm suddenly seeing it with like fresh eyes and then Again, when you're in a situation like this, then have the courage to get over your ego and go to your partner and tell him or her that you you were right, like that you see him and that you hear that he was he was right, um, and like basically like you know open up about it. I think um, these moments really define the fights and really define a relationship when you're able to get over your ego like these were the moments that bring brought me at least the most liberation there were moments where I just couldn't um, get out of like of my ego and David in his genius ways you know he's able to to get me out of these moments I'm sure you know it's when you can like only can tell see them about the letter. Oh, but that's our secret. Are okay, we gonna so spill? Are we gonna spill the secret? No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna spill the secret. Okay. One time we had. Um, I don't know. I, I I will call it a fight. And um, yeah, I was just sitting at the at the edge of the bed, and uh, I was crying, and I, I was refusing to talk to him about how I felt, and. I, I was angry and I felt all the feelings and no, you, got, you got angry about something that didn't exist I don't remember this what was it was I don't I, remember no, I'm, yeah I'm sure yeah. yeah okay so I got angry about something that didn't exist I don't know that I didn't do that you thought oh. I did or something or oh. that was that wasn't happening in real life okay so um, this was a situation and I remember like feeling like super intense emotions I was I was feeling that you know, why is this happening to me and that um, it's not my fault. And, and the problem with the situations is once you feel it and once you understand that you're angry about something that you thought is there but isn't there, so sometimes you can't go back because uh, it's like, what, I will admit that I was wrong? No, it's better to continue in my... Um, but it happened subconsciously. Like for me personally, in this moment, I was 100% certain that um, that he's wrong, that he did something wrong. And, and he could have, you know, closed himself, be like, uh, be like, um, you know, go to hell. <laughs> I'm not going to deal with this anymore. And like, I'm right. 
you're clearly wrong, you don't see it, your fault, okay? Could have easily escalated and could have easily like um, left me in my terrible feelings and make him feel bad and would go to sleep uh, both feeling bad and the next morning would carry on these feelings. And what did David do? What did you do? He gave me a ladder. I call it the ladder, the ladder method. <laughs> so he basically called me out saying, listen, Nata, go down from your high horse. In Hebrew, it's a, a tall tree or something. Tree, yeah. And you climbed on a tree. Yeah. Here, take a ladder so that you will be able to come down from the tree. And this wasn't it, though. He told me, take the ladder and... I won't tell anyone that you have been on that tree. I'm not going to tell anyone you had this ego trip, in other words. And now we're telling to everyone. <laughs> and, yeah. And he said, and what he said, what was really interesting, because that brought my whole awareness back to the moment, was, and Nata, I won't even tell you that it happened, okay? Just take the letter, and we're not going to tell anyone, and then let's talk. And then I took this metaphorical letter, which felt really real to me in that moment, And I was actually able to get over my ego and to open up and we solved the conflict in the best way possible. And it was all because he had the patience and he saw what was really happening and he was able to, to do something about my, like, my blindness in the moment. You know, he... I don't know how to explain it in a better way. He like opened my eyes to what was really happening and then I was able to, to deal with myself and with him and with the situation. And I'm so happy it happened. Like, these kind of moments um, are great because it showed that not everyone, um, not, not one person need, like always has the responsibility for fights or for clearing situations up, but both... So sometimes I am pointing things out, sometimes he's pointing things out, and it's very, very balanced. Um, but yeah, that was the question, how do you deal with fights? And basically, to summarize it, open communication and getting over your ego, and to be really honest with yourself um, and with the other person, even if it hurts. Okay, so... Um, the last part are questions that are directly asked uh, asked you David so let's do, the, let's do the interview okay so David what is your life's philosophy uh, my life philosophy and it's a paradox is that there is no life philosophy <laughs> why or at least there is no uh, I don't know I don't like this big idea that I'm living by this and I'm living by that you know just live your life and do the right things and be be good you know and don't start with oh this is my life philosophy and I don't like this high talks that are mostly without any content inside uh, be practical and practicals mean to be good and well, we talked about like being a mensch so as I said it's a paradox because it is a kind of a philosophy but it is no motto that will be able to written on my uh, gravestone <laughs> or something like this <laughs> do you understand why I love this man <laughs> So down to earth, so practical, such a mensch. <laughs> um, okay, another question that was asked, um, how can you let go of something that was said by your partner in a fight? 
So if we have a fight and I'm telling you something mean... Letting go. And then how do you let go? But wait, does it really happen that I tell you something mean in a fight? Uh, No. Not that I remember at least. Um, Also, you don't tell me I let it go. (laughs) No. No, first, I think it's like a, a thing that should be like a rule. Like never say anything that you cannot take back. And be careful what you say when you're like in, in the yeah in the heat of the emotions. Definitely, um, but uh, letting go with the practice of fears. When I was a small kid, my father was uh, singing a song. In Hebrew, it rhymes. It's better, but uh, in English, it's something like "Don't take everything to the heart. Put half on your uh, shoulder, and the other half put in your uh, uh, right pocket." So it's maybe a silly song, but. Uh, it's it has big truth in it that the, the heart is no no place to store things and as more you store as more faster you will break so yeah just it really it happens really rare that uh, it almost doesn't happen that that I take something really hard to my heart and uh, I almost can't remember uh, occasions in my life that. Someone said something that I remember until today. So, of course, it happens, but letting go is really important. <laughs> so, how can I let go? Well, <laughs> I just let go. <laughs> and that's. I'm sorry, I'm no, li- no life coach. And this is how I uh, train myself. Yeah. yeah, but he's also a man. And what I learned from men, from some men, is that. Um, they somehow have this gift of simply letting go, simply being able to say, okay, now I'm not going to think about it. And then they don't think about it, even though it's the biggest paradox. If I'm telling you not to think about monkeys, you're going to think about monkeys. I'm not thinking about monkeys. Yeah, I see. He's, uh... <laughs> uh, and if you really have to get let go of something, so just go and run or something like this, and then the end, you will feel better. But Yeah. Uh... Go for a run, do some physical exercise. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely like uh, practicing to let go, um, very consciously of some things from the past, and and it's so frustrating when I come to that. And I'm like, it's also a paradox. How can you practice letting go? Practice letting go. It's when I feel it's coming up in the moment now because you can only no when when something comes up in the moment, only then you can let go. You cannot just you know let go in theory. <laughs> Only in the moment. Like, this, these things aren't always present. When these things for me come up, this is the moment when I have to let go. Only in the present moment this can happen. And this is why I practice, because every now and then it pops up, and then I practice not to project it, not to take it to the heart, you know? So, uh, yeah, it's frustrating when I get go to David, ask him for advice. How do I let go when I'm, like, desperate or something? And, uh, and then he's like, you just let go. <laughs> And these are the answers. How do mm-hmm. I do that? You just do it. <laughs> um, I can give you a free advice. If you don't want to be late, come on time. Yeah. It always worked for me. <laughs> so this is what I'm dealing with. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the last question, the last question that you asked to David was, Wow, this is a good one. How can I how can I allow myself to be emotionally close? There's a lot of background noise with flowers. Sorry. Um, 
okay, how can I allow myself to be emotionally close when I'm scared to be rejected? David, how can you allow yourself to be emotionally close when you're scared? Oh, this is the question of the questions, the biggest question. It is. Um, how can you uh, earn a lot of money without taking a risk? How can you get anything without risking it? This is exactly the the thing. More you risk, more you earn, more you can uh, can lose. So uh, there is a song in Hebrew uh, that uh, Idan Reichel sings. Um, check it out on YouTube. Idan Reichel is really good. And one of of his songs, he said, uh, he says like I I want to not be scared scared to fall in love. Um, to let my heart break uh, and I think it's really true that uh, this is something I'm working on to not be scared to from from uh, from a heartbreak and to take the risk even uh, even if it tool might hurt me so yeah so that <laughs> the answer for how can you allow myself which is basically how can you take how can I take the risk is just take the risk (laughs) (laughs) so yeah but also take a wise risk you can also take a a more calculated risk like don't risk your heart if the person is obviously I don't know uh, unstable or unreliable or something Mm -hmm. like that but if everything speaks for the risk and you see that you're avoiding to taking the risk just because of the risk so take the risk yeah and be on the right side of the statistic <laughs> <laughs> yeah but if there are things that speak against the risk uh, evaluate the situation um, yeah these were all the questions Whoa. thank you so much David for for agreeing to this interview I, w- I know it wasn't um, a natural yes for you mm-hmm, definitely and I'm very I'm- shy I don't like to be exposed yeah. Even though it's just my voice, Nata po- promised me she would put this in a, <laughs> I don't know how you call it, but something that will change my voice and you will hear like a... A different a man. Hello, I'm David. Uh, maybe change my accent to something more sexy. Oh, yeah, a very sexy accent. Oh. <laughs> um, anyway, I really, really appreciate it that you, that you came and that you're doing this. I'm sure it's going to benefit a lot of people. And it definitely benefited me to have this conversation with you. Me too, me too. And thank you everyone for listening, for tuning in. It means a lot to me that you're here and that you're part of this podcast. And yeah, share this episode. If you found it valuable, share it on Instagram, tag me. And yeah, I'll see you in the next one. Mm-hmm. Any right now in the inbox if you want to see more posts of me. <laughs> that was a joke. Um, mm-hmm. Is there are there any last words from you, no. my love? No last words. No last words. All right, no last words. I see you in the next one. <laughs>